Hi, I'm Elizabeth from Intercom, and you're listening to Intercom on Customer Engagement. Episode 6, The Right Way to Send a Message. Most of us consider ourselves to be objective, consistent people, no matter the situation. But that's rarely the case. We're more likely to find lasting romance on a rickety suspension bridge than a similar meeting on a sturdier bridge. Likewise, more people get engaged in Paris in the springtime than on the 7 train in Queens. In short, context matters. Context is especially important for customer engagement. Your carefully worded product announcement might work super well as an in-app message at 2 p.m. midweek, but will likely fall flat if it's emailed at 3 a.m. on a Sunday morning. So think carefully about your customer's environment, location, and activity. The limits of current technology mean you can't get granular enough to ensure everyone will get your message at the right time and in the right context. But there are a number of things you can do to make sure it arrives in the manner that's appropriate to the most people possible. The medium through which we choose to communicate holds as much, if not more, value than the message itself. Or, as Marshall McLuhan famously put it, the medium is the message. Nowadays, there are dozens of modern messaging tools at your fingertips, and the number of ways you can send those messages is even greater. It can be hard to navigate the landscape of what is most appropriate for your business, and there are pros and cons to every medium. Let's dive into where and when you should consider using each. First up, let's talk email. Compared to the latest breed of messaging apps, which offer rich multimedia and interactions, email can appear slow and full of unnecessary constraints. But despite the explosion of new mediums, email is proving itself to be the cockroach of messaging formats. Every time we think it will die, it just reappears with a new use case. Email carries a few distinct advantages, one of which is that it's everywhere. There is a learning curve associated with each new messaging medium for both you and your users. But of all messaging interfaces, email is the most common. No custom UI, no learning curve. Email is also the gentle, dependable workhorse you can rely on. According to Forrester, 90% of email gets delivered to the intended recipient's inbox. And because it doesn't use large amounts of data and can be read offline, it can be used on a wide range of devices, too. According to the Radicati Group, the total number of worldwide email users hit 3.7 billion people in 2017. The human population is 7.5 billion which means half our entire species uses email. Aside from electricity, no other technology has that level of penetration. The downside of email is that it's never in context. It makes no sense to ask your users for feedback about your sign-up process two weeks after they sign up and three hours later while they're checking email on the train home. Email still has its place, though. Its key advantage is that you can guarantee your customers will receive it, though it still has to capture their attention to be sure they'll properly read it. Unlike in-app messages that a user has to log into your app to see. That's why email is best for critical communications. At Intercom, we use it for billing, re-engagement, and one-off time-sensitive announcements, like a product launch. After email, live chat is more and more frequently becoming an important channel for customer engagement. As one-to-one -one messaging has exploded in popularity, the ways people communicate with businesses has evolved too. People who grew up in chat rooms and on AIM now want to chat on websites to get real-time answers rather than filling out forms or jumping on a lengthy phone call. Live chat is often someone's first point of contact with your brand, 
So it follows that you have to make that experience count. For starters, unlike more formal email, live chat is inherently conversational and human. There's no need for boilerplate salutations, lengthy intros, or signatures. Messaging is snappy. Tap it out and done. Nobody's going to think you're rude for not writing a novel-length version. In fact, they'd rather you didn't. Make sure to be yourself. And don't be afraid to crack a joke or to use an emoji or two when you feel the occasion calls for it. Key to making live chat successful is having people around to respond. There's nothing more frustrating than having a question, landing on a website, asking your question via live chat, and then waiting ages for a response. Of course, it's unrealistic for your business to have reps answering questions 24-7. So you can use tools like Intercom's Operator Bot to automate those all-important first interactions. From there, you need to control conversation volume. This is a major concern for anyone using live chat for customer engagement. You don't want to deal with all of the random people who might land on your homepage and start conversations just for the heck of it. A good way to avoid this is by targeting high-intent pages, the pages people visit when they're serious about becoming customers. Your pricing page is always a good place to start. Also, be sure to show your face. Plenty of live chat apps have faces that almost certainly are fake or look suspiciously like stock photos. With modern live chat tools like Intercom, you can make it clear who you are from the get-go by having a genuine photo of yourself, your name, and your job title within the messenger. Now let's turn our attention to push notifications. Notifications are often considered the telemarketers of the 21st century. Impersonal, irrelevant, and poorly timed. Many businesses treat them as a badly executed marketing strategy rather than a publishing channel in and of itself. Notifications can, however, be an extremely effective vehicle for your message, provided you pay attention to a few important details. Andrew Chen, a growth leader at Uber, has pulled together some excellent data on this. He showed that while many brands send a ton of push notifications leading up to the evening and drop off quickly thereafter, open rates are actually higher after 6 p.m. The data is clear. Send your push notifications between 6 and 8 p.m. when engagement is at its highest. When it comes to wording, be clear, not clever. Space is a huge constraint for push notifications. You only have 90 characters on Android and 140 on iOS, so don't complicate things. Use push notifications when you have something simple to say that's of real value to the user. Take Netflix. A bad push notification would be something like, check out our new releases. But they know what you're interested in already, so they say something like, Better Call Saul Season 2 is now on Netflix. You also need to find a good rhythm. Too many notifications might be the main reason people uninstall mobile apps, so use them judiciously. Don't send out notifications just because you can. The right frequency of notifications will vary from business to business. A breaking news app, for instance, will send multiple pushes a day, while a note-taking app will send much less. If you're a B2B business, you probably shouldn't be sending more than one push notification a day. Every product is different. But before you send a push notification, ask yourself, what value will someone get out of this as a push notification over another channel? If there's no clear answer, consider email or the fourth and final medium we'll talk about, in-app messages. The average email open rate for a SaaS company is just over 20%. In-app messages, on the other hand, have been proven to see engagement rates that are typically double that. 
That's because in-app messaging is king when it comes to delivering messages in the right context. If you want to get feedback on a new feature you launched, what could be a better time to ask than when customers are in your app and can take immediate action? But like push notifications, in-app messages must be handled carefully. Even with the best intentions, they can be intrusive. Think about it. Users are inside your product trying to get something done, and you're hoping to direct their attention to something you think they should know. At Intercom, we use different in-app types depending on what we're trying to say, so we don't interrupt people unnecessarily. For example, a full-screen in-app might be useful for an intro tutorial, while a smaller snippet works better when we're asking for feedback. Either way, you need to tie your pros to the user's progress. In-app messaging is especially powerful at gradually revealing important details over time. Instead of overwhelming users with too much information in an intro tour in your product, you can drip feed your content in digestible chunks. Think of in-apps as the coach that can keep someone moving towards their ultimate goal. So now that you're well-versed in all the messaging formats at your disposal, we'll next take a look at the best times to break each one of them out. This has been Intercom on Customer Engagement.